You are listening to the Metal Command Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Metal Command Podcast. Tony here with you. And today I am going to do a review on the new Death Dealer EP. Going to talk about Death Dealer for a minute. Going to talk about the three tremors as well. And I'm going to talk about the record label Steel Cartel started by Sean Peck. Because these are things that, in my opinion, are some of the coolest things and some of the best things going on in heavy metal. So I'm going to talk a bit first about the EP. You know, with Death Dealer, it's interesting because I remember back when this band was starting to form or when it was going to happen. And at, at first, you know, it's interesting. It's something that I picked up on early on right around a time when the discussions were happening when it comes to this band, because I've known Stu Marshall, who is one of the guitar players in the band. Uh, for those of you that follow the show, you do know Stu and I wrote a song together for the now, I guess, defunct Empires of Eden project, which was something that was really cool. And Stu and I wrote and recorded the track together. And for those of you that also follow the show, Sean Peck is also a friend of mine. A really cool dude. Actually, I met or really got to know Stu Marshall through Sean. And the way Sean and I sort of hit it off was when I first had him on the show. And I never, I didn't know anything about Cage except I liked their new album at the time. This is like 2007 or 2008. So it's going back a little ways now. And we just started talking and I'm like, hey, where are you guys from? And Sean's like, I'm in San Diego. I go, dude, are you a Charger fan? I've been a Charger fan my whole life. And then I found out that Sean was actually the guy uh, in an ESPN article years ago that uh, pretty much ran, <laughs> pretty much was one of the guys that ran Ryan Leaf out of town. So those of you that know American football, you look up Ryan Leaf, you'll understand why somebody would want him out of town. But anyway, uh, he was the heckler that ESPN had published an article about God had to be like 24, 25 years ago now. I mean, a long time ago. But anyway, so that is how I ended up getting to know these guys. And speaking of the Empires of Eden project, I did sing on that. However, the way I was able to get to know Stu Marshall is Sean had said, hey, you need to check out this album. Uh, it isn't called Reborn in Fire. I just did this song called Total Devastation. And this song, it ended up on a Death Dealer release eventually. But back in 2010, this album, Reborn in Fire, came out. It had a lot of really killer, you know, killer fucking uh, singers on it. Just killer out, killer stuff. Uh, he, you know, Stu has worked with a lot of really great singers on those albums. Uh, he, you know, he had Zach Stevens on a song, R Rob Rock, Udo, Ralph Sheepers. Uh, you, you know, a lot of really great singers. And so on this specific album, Reborn in Fire, a song called Total Devastation. And still to this day, folks, that is probably one of the best songs, metal songs I have ever listened to in my entire life. In all seriousness, it is probably one of the most magical vocal performances too by any singer I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, it was, it, it's just, you have to go look the song up to understand what I'm talking about. But when I would listen to these empires of Eden albums and I would listen to Sean and Stu writing together, 
I, I thought to myself, man, these guys, these guys should get a band together. You know, that was the thought process in my head. Because when I listened to the musical chemistry between Sean and Stu, compared to the other singers that were singing on these albums, I, I was like, man, you know, Stu and Sean have the best musical chemistry out of any of the singers that are on any of these records. And, you know, Stu is a really good talent for writing songs for specific vocalists. And to give you a perfect example, the song that I did with him was so well suited to my vocal style after he heard it. I literally was, I was able to come up with the melody lines within minutes. I mean, that's how well it fit my voice. And that's what he has done with a lot of these other people. So when I go back and listen to those Empires of Eden album, and I go back, you know, back in 2011, 2012, I thought, man, I would love for these guys to form a band. So anyhow, the next Empires of Eden album had come out in 2012. It was called Channeling the Infinity. And lots of great people on this. Udo was on it. Steve Grimmett was on it. Uh, you had Ronnie Monroe, who, you know, Stu, I believe, helped write music for his solo album was on there. Uh, they had Udo and they had Sean. And they just had some really killer stuff. Actually, Sean sang on a bonus track called Born a King. And they actually sang on a song called channeling the infinity now those songs are good but still man i kept thinking in the back of my mind that song total devastation still even to this day it still fills my mind when i think about it it's that good so i brought Stu onto the show and i posed a question to him about possibly working with sean peck so i'll play you that clip and I'll play the interview clip of myself and Stu Marshall, uh, where I ask him this question, would you ever form a band or a project or something where you and Sean, you know, do something together, do an entire album? And this actually was from July 20th of 2012. Take a listen. It's the one person that really just stands out for me that I think you have the best musical chemistries with Sean Peck from Cage. And, you know, one of the things I was always wondering, would you ever consider maybe doing like a little side project or like a record with him? Because to me, your songwriting and him, I mean, sounds, um, I mean, to me, it sounds great. And your musical chemistry you have with him, I think by far, not, not saying the other singers are bad or anything like that, but what I'm saying is that you and him have a connection that, you know, I, I don't think you have with the other guys. And, you know, maybe talk a bit about that. Well, all I can say is watch this space. Um, uh, that's that's all I'm allowed to say <laughs> uh, as, uh, as as far as what what could could be happening in the future. There, um, I understand what you're talking about. Uh, Sean and I do get along um, as you know we're best friends. Uh, I hung out with him in, in San Diego last year, and uh, you know we were talking about a few things. Um, he's a great songwriter and. For some reason, there, there is a, a, a connectedness musically there that works so, so well. And when I say, um, a, lot of, a lot of people may not understand if they're not in bands and, and, you know, a lot of the time with albums, and I'm sure you've seen this, mate, you know, there's, there's struggle and there's, there's, you know, battles that occur and ego and there's, you know, it's back and forth. I don't get that at all. That, that doesn't exist with the OE. And, 
um, it, it's such an easy scenario, but translate that to, to how myself and Sean work. He'll actually come to me and say, you know, this verse, actually like it as a chorus and, and change this and change that. And I'll just go ahead and do it. You know, uh, I trust his vision enough. And, you know, what you hear in the end is uh, is a, um, a true collaboration musically. And now I'm, we've been working with him for so long, you know, I give him, give him some feedback if there's some vocal things here and there. And, and he sort of, you know, would normally say, no, this is what I want to do, but he'll he'll um, usually have a, a listen to what I've got to say and uh, it works really well man you know I think um, all I can say is watch this space so that was July 20th of 2012 when I asked Stu Marshall that and I had this gut feeling I don't know what it was folks but I really had this gut feeling that those guys were going to do a band I didn't want to come right out and say hey Stu are you guys really doing this and at the time I knew Sean, but I didn't know him extremely well. Not like I know him now. So I really tried to not really, I didn't want to ask the direct question because as soon as he said what he just said, I sort of just dropped the subject after that and went to something else. What I was not prepared for was the fact that Ross, the boss became part of this. So this death dealer, I remember Stu messaged me on Facebook and was like, dude, mate, you got to check this out. And he told me Rasta boss would be in this band. And then once this band formed, that is when I really was able to get to know not only Stu, but Sean and I started talking a little bit more. And that's how I ended up getting to know these guys. And I, and it was really cool. It was a really cool lineup they had going on. And I'll tell you what, they did a tour that was really successful this like metal all-star tour where they where the band opened for all these unbelievable metal musicians that were on this tour and a, a pretty funny story uh, as well for you folks uh, because I'll get to it at a different time, but Sean Peck like freaked all these guys out winning some poker tournament in Bulgaria and none of these guys knew who he was. <laughs> he actually was getting autographs and all these like all-star metal musicians are like, who the hell is Sean Peck? But anyway, that's something else we can talk about. It's an interview I did air on the show recently. I have not put it in the archive yet, but it is a pretty funny story. But I'm, I, I don't want to get too off track here. So the band has now put its four, fourth release out entitled Fuel Injected Suicide Machine. I have gone back and listened to the other three albums, which I do like quite a bit. And... If I were to rank the full length albums, I don't really put EPs in a in, in like a ranking because there's only like four songs on this thing. So it's really hard to put an EP. I don't really put them up against full length albums per se. But just to give everybody my point of view of where I come from with Death Dealer. And it's also a band that is also got a fourth and a fifth record pretty much done or almost done that they have not put out yet. And I'll explain to you the reasoning behind that here in a second. But the first album came out, War Master, good record, some good songs. To me, I thought to myself, you know what? These guys, just like any other new band, the first album, it's your first collaboration. Is it really going to be the best thing that you're going to put out? I mean, very few bands put out their best record from the get-go. I mean, it happens but it's very rare. Then Hallowed Ground came out. Now, Hallowed Ground to me is my favorite album of the three full lengths, to be honest with you. 
I don't know what it is, but it's something about the songwriting on that album that just completely blows my mind with how with how good it is. Uh, and then you have Conquered Lands, which I'd put in between the first album and the second album. It also Conquered Lands is great. It also has probably the most depressing song you'll ever listen to in your entire life, and that is uh, Twenty Two Gone. And if you don't want to like ruin your day, don't listen to it. It's it's really good, but it is like literally the most depressing song ever, and it's about uh, suicides and military. So that's really really where you need to go from that standpoint. And now we have the EP. So here's what I'm going to say about the EP. First of all, the EP is an improvement in every way possible for this band. I'm going to I'm going to start with the songs. The first song entitled Fuel Injected Suicide Machine is just a, that's a song that's been on YouTube for a while and whatever wherever streaming thing song Sean tries to, you know, put it on to promote the record. That song is unbelievable, but the EP to me is the best thing that they have ever done to date. It's got the best production to date. Stu Marshall did a phenomenal job producing this album. The songs are a lot more intense, in my opinion, and are more in your face than say the first three albums. They really are because I think I think feeling. I'm sorry. I think Conquered Lands was a little more of what I would consider a calm album. Uh, I, I think that was a little more refined than probably some of the other ones, but the EP is the best thing these guys have done to date. It is easily a 10 out of 10. I mean, it's that, it is that good. It really, really is. And the, from the cover, from the songwriting to everything about it, the playing, I mean, these guys have gelled really well. Now, when you look at most bands, if you really look at history, most bands really start hitting the nail on the head, usually with their third or fourth album. That's about when you get to see the full potential of these guys. And, and Death Dealer really sort of hit that for me on the second album, which is my favorite thing that, you know, as far as the full lengths go. But the EP, they've really fired in all cylinders. And there was an interview I aired with Stu earlier and with Sean. They have other albums and so they have tons of songs written. I mean, people don't realize that the fourth Death Dealer album, they've sort of held back until they could properly support it, say, with a tour. You know, after the COVID thing and all this other craziness, you know, ends. And that's something that Stu had told me. And they also have a fifth one. I don't know if it's done, but they've written a fifth album already. So they have a lot of material going on. Sean is constantly singing. Stu is constantly writing. But this is a band that, in my opinion, has now hit their potential. They have really, they're really, not to use a pun with a, a car theme, but firing on all cylinders because that's where they're at. That song, Fuel Injected Suicide Machine, is unbelievable. Believe it or not, it is not my favorite song on the on the EP, though. My favorite song on the EP is actually the song after it, Freedom Is Not A Crime. Love that track. It's probably my favorite Death Dealer song ever. 
I mean, as far as an individual song goes, it is unbelievable. That is my favorite song that these guys have ever put out. So the EP is, is awesome. I highly recommend it. If you buy the EP, you also get something really cool. Now I'm going to kind of segue into the, what you would call the steel cartel take here. It's the summer slaughter 2021 steel cartel sampler. And there it's a sampler. There, there are 22. looks like there's 22 tracks on this thing. And I'll be honest, man. There's little outtakes. There's all sorts of cool stuff here that is coming out, but they have, they have a bunch of tracks on here that, that are on the steel cartel label. So it comes with two CDs full of stuff. You get to check out some new bands if you haven't heard them and it's just phenomenal. So now let's talk about steel cartel for a second, because this is the label that Sean formed and that he markets anything that he's involved with on. And there are a couple other extra people that do stuff with him as well. And I'm going to tell you what, as far as the quality of merchandise goes for this record label, the quality, nobody beats the quality. There are labels that do a great job. Atomic Fire Records, for example, which is run by guys that used to own and run Nuclear Blast Records, but sold it, formed this label. They do a great job. And there are a couple other labels, Century Media, uh, Mascot Records, Inside Out. You know, these labels put out top-notch merchandise. Steel Cartel, in my opinion, two things. One, their quality of merchandise is just as good as everybody else. There's nobody, like, there's nobody out there that I would say exceeds the quality of the merchandise they put out. <clears throat> Number one. Number two, the pre-order packs. So there is nobody, nobody out there right now in the world of heavy metal that offers the bundles that Steel Cartel off offers. Seriously, there is nobody in heavy metal that offers the bundles that are offered here. You go to steelcartel.com to see what I'm talking about. Nobody offers them. And there are all sorts of crazy cool bundles. For example, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about here. You could buy anything into that store individually. Okay. You can buy everything in that store individually. You just can. And you could buy the Digipack. You can buy the vinyl. You can buy a t-shirt. You can buy also anything pretty much individually in those packs. You can buy a pack like, you know, with a t-shirt vinyl and a CD. You could buy the pack with the two t-shirts of vinyl. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's just so much stuff. You can have a cap. You can have what, what they call the gotta have it all pack, which has everything, the signed photo, the, the t-shirts, like all the t-shirts are that, that they offer the sampler, both vinyls, you name it, it exists there and you can get all that stuff. And, and there's all sorts of cool stuff like patches, stickers. I mean, this dude even Sean even has socks that came with the three tremors bundle. I mean, three tremors socks, right? So 
and, and none of the merchandise is low grade at all. None of it. Nothing is low grade whatsoever. I mean, it is all high quality stuff, all of it. And the vinyl is phenomenal. I, I, I have the, you know, I just received, I just bought, I, I just got the three death dealer full lengths on vinyl for the first time. And the vinyl's phenomenal. And you could definitely tell. So the first two albums weren't they albums, they weren't put out by Steel Cartel. Conquered Lands was. And, and the quality factor of the Conquered Lands vinyl done with Sean and Steel Cartel far exceeds that of the first two albums that were put out. I mean, it just the quality, it, it is completely night and day. Anybody that goes and orders those will understand what I'm talking about. The cage reissue of Darker Than Black which Sean sang in Cage, obviously. That sounds awesome as well. I mean, just phenomenal. So folks, that is really what they do. They offer all this great stuff. And, and why am I bringing this up? Because Sean has had this beef and a lot of other artists have had this beef with Spotify. I am split on Spotify and what I think of it. Number one, folks, I've never used it. I've never had any use for Spotify for two reasons. One, I have an insane music collection where I've taken all the CDs and dumped them into my computer. So I own a physical copy of everything in my phone that I listen to when I'm in the car. I own all of it. In fact, I am such a physical product guy that record labels send i get electronic press kits i've had cds sent to me i could easily just not buy any albums and be completely fine but number one i like having a physical copy number two i like contributing to the artist that puts the music out because again it costs them time and money to do so and when you get to something like spotify yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. It's just something that doesn't appeal to me. And they don't pay the band. They don't really pay the band's jack shit. If you really think about it. But labels are forcing and distributors are forcing people to do this. Now, with the whole recent Joe Rogan thing, which all these artists had a like a, a temper tantrum and a meltdown. And just obviously because they can't take views other than theirs. The one great side effect of it was a lot of them pulled out of Spotify. And Sean has been very vocal about how much he dislikes Spotify. I'm not going to go into the details on how Spotify works, how they pay artists, the business end of it, because I know how that is. I could do a whole show on that. But some bands embrace it. Like a band like Halloween, for example, who I know really well, they embrace the Spotify count. Now, they're not, they are not a band that really, I mean, they care about physical product, but really they care about promoting their tour and a new album. Bands will use that as a way of promoting their tours and stuff like that. But I'm not a fan of Spotify and streaming things in general. If you listen to the interview I did with Charlie Benante, like, I don't know, like four years ago, he talks about streaming services like iTunes and how they kind of ruined the music industry, which he was completely correct about, in my opinion. But Sean's approach is pretty interesting and it makes the most sense. If you ever notice with the three tremors or any of these bands that are on steel cartel, he only puts out two or three songs on YouTube 
or even on Spotify or a streaming service. In order to listen to the rest of the tracks, you have to buy the physical copy. It's a lot like you go to the movies and you see like a trailer for a movie, right? And you get a preview of the movie, but you're not really watching the entire movie. You just see parts of it, which makes you want to go, which makes you want to go out and go watch the movie, right? If it looks intriguing to you. So his approach is the same thing. You know, maybe I'll give Spotify a track like with the CP, put one track up there. I don't know if it's up at Spotify, but let's say if it, let's say it is, it's up on YouTube, obviously. And that gives you the preview. And if you like it, you go buy the album. And that's how things really worked in radio. If you think about it, they put a single on the radio that promoted the sales of the album. Maybe the single ended up in stores as say like a seven inch or a 45. It's pretty much the same thing. Although it's digitally done, it's I'm putting it up on YouTube to promote the sale of the album and in the physical product and physical product folks. I'm telling you what, it's starting to make a comeback. I think last year, CD sales were up 21%. Vinyl sales are way up. And you are starting to see people gravitate more towards physical product. My son, for example, loves heavy metal music. He's 15 years old and he was listening to Spotify. However, he went out and bought his first album as a result of that, which is by inheritance by artillery, which is like something that completely threw me off. But he got the preview it on Spotify or YouTube, wherever he listened to it, and then had some gift cards left over from past Christmases and birthdays, ordered the vinyl version of the by inheritance album by artillery. And Sean does basically the same kind of thing, which I think is great. But I have to emphasize the quality of the merchandise is phenomenal. It really is. So I really needed to go back and talk about that a little bit, that a little bit, because the way he, he's almost like the Gene Simmons of power metal. That's really what he is. He's like the Gene Simmons, like this dude merchandises the crap out of everything he's involved with. And I think it's great. I'll be honest, folks. I think it, it is a wonderful thing. It's a great thing. And I love the label and love the merchandise and everything that's sold on the label. So there you go, folks. Steelcartel.com. Check it out. Definitely check out steelcartel.com. And that's where you can buy the Death Dealer stuff, Three Tremors, Cage, some other cool bands on there. Uh, like Arkenstone, which is Stu Marshall's newest band. You got a band called Seven Train that's that's on that band, that's on that label. A band called Spiritual Sickness. So anyhow, that's pretty much it. So again, a review on the EP, folks. 10 out of 10. Probably, not probably, but easily the best thing, the best thing that death dealer has ever done. And I cannot wait to hear album number four. I cannot wait to hear album number five and probably album six that they probably have almost written right now as well, because they're working on stuff constantly. So with that, everybody, thanks for tuning into the metal command podcast. Yet again, this was kind of a review for you. It sort of wasn't, 
but it was a retrospect of not only Death Dealer as a band, but Steel Cartel, the label, and the new EP, all wrapped into one episode. Take care, and thanks for listening.